Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, and welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, with me, your host, this guy. So, thank you for coming back for more and listening week after week. Um, I get that this isn't the most professional production. In fact, this is very much a, a grassroots effort, because I'm just a guy with a cheap laptop and even cheaper recording equipment, working out of his apartment doing stuff and things, not a whole lot of uh, soundproof quality. I'm sitting here at my desk, and I've got windows around me. Uh, It's an old building, so there's no AC. So more than likely, the windows are open. You can hear birds chirping, especially when we do the live shows. And um, I'm okay with that. But as long as you're okay with that and you, you don't mind a little bit of background noise from time to time um, and you're, you're comfortable with listening to the natural environment, then I'll keep it up. Well, I'm going to keep it up anyways because <laughs> this is what I got to work with and, and that's that. So uh, unless somehow or another I find myself in a professional studio, highly doubtful, um, this is how it's going to be. So... I feel like each show gets a little bit better, but I'll let you be the judge because um, really it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think. But this piece I'm going to talk about today is one that you may be somewhat familiar with. In fact, typically when I do the Facebook Live sessions, you'll find that it is in the background behind me and I haven't really talked about it or even references it for that matter, but it's it's usually pretty prominent right behind where I usually sit. And this is a piece that I created on, or I should say finished on 18 August of 2022. And it's titled Notorious, Exalted, Illustrious Monsters of Earth. And this is a mixed-media collage on a repurposed canvas. Dimensions are 28 inches by 28 inches. And this canvas was given to me by my sister. She had given me a handful 
of pieces that she had done that she just no longer wanted and was willing to have me use if I could in order to repurpose them. And so what I like about this is I, I want to say she stretched it herself. I think she must have because of the way the canvas is on the, on the piece. It's a little bit of a more durable canvas than what you could typically just find on the shelves of any any craft or art supply store. And it's a, it's a pretty heavy duty piece. But what I love about it, and it kind of makes it part of the overall experience is that along the edges are the crude cut edges of the canvas itself. And so while it's mounted and stapled and stretched across it, you can see like the tattered, torn, just kind of like frayed edges of the canvas. And it's really uh, pretty interesting to look at. I didn't bother to change it. I, I thought about like either trimming it or uh, somehow fixing it so that it wouldn't be that way. And then when I saw it with the rest of the finished piece, I, I felt like it just contributed to the overall experience. So I, I left it and, and I like it and I'm not going to change it. And so there's a lot going on in this piece. It's it's a pretty, pretty busy work. And I will tell you that when I was working on this, I was at a very interesting and complicated transition in my life. Um... And it was a pretty significant escape for me to be able to work on this and find some significant amount of challenge and outlet and just a, a much needed escape in order to work on this and keep myself distracted for a little while. So given that it's, a, it's an upcycled piece because it was a previous piece, I utilized what was already on the canvas itself. Quite honestly, I don't remember what was originally there, but I used a very basic whitewash, um, kind of a resurfacing of the overall work so that I could have somewhat of a blank canvas to start with, but it was still very much textured from the original paint that was utilized on it before. And I just kind of went over it. So it wasn't completely covered, but by the time it took its final form now, it would have, you would have never even known what was underneath. And I have so many layers of colors and textures and dimensions on here that even I have lost track of everything that I, I did on it. I did take several pictures as I was working on it kind of in progress because I, I didn't necessarily know what direction I was going with it all, but I eventually was able to look back and kind of remind myself of the different things that I had done. But once it's all said and done, not everything remains as it was because I just kept adding to it. And so with that, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, I guess foundationally, if you were to look primarily at the background and just try not to focus on the specific images that are there. You'll see a lot of different textures and colors, a lot of teals, uh, some yellows and, and other shades of blue, some reds, yellow, uh, even pink in there. And I would 
use a technique that I would try out. I, I always love to just try different things. And I took like a plastic, almost like a uh, cake decorating tool for frosting to, to smear and spread some of this paint and then let it dry for a little bit. And then I took a wire brush, like a pretty significant, heavy duty, good size handheld wire brush and not scrub it like very aggressively, but I would just kind of drag the wire through and it created a lot of texture, some very specific line work. You can, you can very much identify areas that you could clearly see now that you know that it was a wire brush that was utilized that you can you can absolutely see how and where it was utilized and so i did that in a number of ways and a number of times layer after layer and, and another thing that i would do is kind of dab spots with um, paper towels or even just a rag just a loose cloth rag that i would have nearby and that produces a an interesting texture very similar to that of like an old window that had been painted and painted over and painted over and or any piece of like old wood that had been exposed to the elements and you can see like the, the chipped paint type look that people often try to recreate i've often tried to recreate that on on like upcycling and repurposing furniture or trying to resurface something to have that kind of that faux older technique very often used and that uh, what people refer to as the, the shabby chic type look on furniture. So there's a lot going on just in, in and of itself, just with the background. And in addition to that, I used a lot of stencil work on this piece too, because I was finding different elements that I wanted to incorporate, but I did so in, in a very subtle way in, in some areas and very specific in others. And so I used a lot of, I have several wooden, like, that you can buy them as just like unfinished wood pieces that can be uh, utilized for crafting. And I, I despise that word because I'm, I don't do crafts. I, it's just, I don't like it. Anyways, it's, it's not to, to throw shade on people who like to do crafts, but I, I don't consider anything that I do as crafty as the Beastie Boys might say. But I, I have these very specific wood pieces and I use them as stencils because they are very intricate in their design. A couple of which are some good sized stars. I, I don't know exactly the, the dimensions of them, but they're, they're pretty big. And within them, there's a lot of very intricate cuttings. And so I'll do spray paint layers of, of these stars in the background. And you can kind of see in the upper left-hand corner uh, now that I'm pointing it out, you'll, you can, if you look close, you'll see like some different areas there. And I've used stencils of uh, jack-o'-lanterns and there's a, uh, you can't specifically see it, but you can kind of see the edges of lettering. Those letters are actually my last name. And so there's, there's one across the very bottom and then there's one kind of horizontally, uh, excuse me, vertically uh, along the left kind of third of the piece. And the biggest stencil use is right in the middle. So there's a great big skull, it's huge. And I got this placemat actually during the very early season of when the Halloween merch starts to hit the shelves. 
and I I found this, and like I said, it's it was just a rubber placemat. But there's so much design texture on this thing that when you look at the piece, you'll see like all these little circles and, and so much detail. And I thought it was just the coolest thing and would make a really sweet stencil. So with all of the background layering and painting on there, I, I put this piece like right in the middle, not really even knowing where I was going to go with it. But I just wanted to do something with this stencil because it was just so detailed and there was, there was a lot going on there. So I, I put a few layers down and then I ended up, you know, putting this this stencil on here. And so there's there's a lot of colors going on in the skull itself. It's almost, I don't want to use the term rainbow, but there's almost like a just a, a very gradual transition from one side to the other where you've got some reds and blues that kind of shift into yellows and more reds and, and kind of some pinks. And, and then there's kind of like a, a, uh, a brighter edge on the side from one side to the other, but then the overall appearance is mostly white in color. And then of course, with, with the eye sockets and the nose cavity, you've got some really black uh, popping features, but even behind that are some reds and some pinks. And then when it comes down to the teeth, I actually uh, did some additional work on those with more specific detailed whites and yellows, uh, a little bit of gray in there. And so it's just very, very specific. Now, as that paint was drying and as I did various layers, I too used the wire brush in this area and kind of drug it through. And so because I don't do it immediately after I paint, there's a little bit of, of dry adhesion already. And so once I do that, it only picks up on certain, certain areas. And I think it allows for a very unique additional texture because of that. So some sticks and some doesn't. And it's just, it, it makes for a very interesting type of texture. There's a lot to look at. There's a lot to draw your eye into different areas. And so that's kind of like the main focal element of this entire piece is it like right smack dab in the middle is this giant skull. I mean, the skull itself has got to be at least a foot and a half. Hell, I've got my handy tape measure right now or I thought I did. There it is. Let me go ahead and measure it for you. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at it. Right, excuse me while I whips this out. Um, okay. About 15 inches altogether. And yeah, pretty big. So I don't know really where to go from here, but um, let's just say... What is what is? Uh, there are a couple of images of that guy who sells the tie-dye t-shirts down at the beach. Others call him Jesus. Um, I saw a statue, and when I did, I, I took influence because it's it was a statue of this Jesus fella, and he was in a rowboat. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But he had his arms out. Right. Kind of like just a picture like somebody like reaching for a great big hug, but a great big hug, arms out, just arms spread. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, man, imagine what I could do with that. And so I found online uh, a picture very similar and I used that. So I printed it out and, and they're probably, I don't know, maybe eight inches tall. 
and there's one on either side of them. And what I did was I enhanced them by embellishing a couple of extra uh, little details on there. So the figures themselves are almost identical on either side, like the, the image that I used was, but the way I enhanced them are slightly different. So it's as if uh, each one is rising out of some water. And so you've got some kind of like mist and water movement among the feet. And then you can see some like very fine, just water just dripping almost like in a mist form, not, not super defined, not very um, detailed, but it's just like falling water, just falling mist. And it's dripping off of the, of the, the robe and the cloak and so forth. And so it's splashing among the, the bottom. And then all of that sounds fairly normal and whatevs. Um, but then on each piece, I put handguns in each hand, nine millimeter guns, very, just very basic. Um, not a lot of detail, just basically black guns. And it's clearly evident as to what they are. Across its chest, their chests, they're each wearing a, a yellow sash that says hall monitor on them. Now the rest of the, the, the image that I used was just printed in black and white. I just printed it off and uh, did not change any of the features other than just adding things to them. So it's a it's black and white, but these other extra elements that I added are in color. And I've got a little bit of a black border around in spots just to kind of make that, that figure pop. And so it adds a little bit of, uh, of a shadow and some depth behind him, them. And then each one of them has a bandana over their face from the nose down in a triangular form, kind of just like as if they're about to, well, it's time to go rob the stagecoach. Uh, but each one of them, the one on the right has a blue bandana and the one on the left has a red bandana. And then coming off of their, off their heads are kind of like the, the lines of, of demonstrating just like motion or just some kind of like visual exclamation, if you will. And that's, that's, uh, each one of those. So take it as you will. Consider it to be social commentary if you want. Um, I don't care. Uh, that's up to you. Um, again, I'm going to tell you about the piece and what I was thinking and where I was going and, and all these different things, but uh, I'm not going to give away every little detail because I want people to kind of come to their own conclusions. So whatever you think. Um, you know, it doesn't take very much time to go by before the news headlines and, and broadcasts demonstrate another school shooting or public shooting or any sort of whatever. So um, it doesn't seem like much time can go by before some additional level of crazy happens. And we're right back at talking about this again. So um, you do with it what you want. At the bottom of the screen, of the screen of the image, you have uh, kind of a nod to the piece that I talked about quite a few episodes ago. My giant kind of ongoing work in progress that never ends. Along the bottom of that, I have several zombies, and as we've talked about before, zombies are a huge part of my uh, my work, and I do a lot of 
of stuff that's influenced by them. And I mean, you could take it as social commentary as well, that we're all zombies and we can just kind of like go with the flow and just no thought, no, no direction. We just kind of do what we're told. Or you could just look at it as something silly and whimsical and uh, just horror influenced, but you know, do with it what you will again. But there are three fairly prominent features. Um, there are two closest to us and then kind of one in, in the background and then two more in the very far background. And so along the very bottom edge, you've got these, these five zombies, all of the same type of color scheme, mostly greens and blues and yellows, just very kind of decaying uh, flesh, uh, yellow teeth, blood splatter, uh, the classic dots that I use every time, all the time, everywhere, various like white milky eyes and stringy hair, but a lot of just extra embellishments with uh, Sharpie and paint pen line work. It's kind of a, a signature technique that I like to use and it's not exclusively mine. A lot of artists do so, but they like to utilize, I like to utilize the Sharpie and draw attention to some really thick, bold lines. And I, I just, I feel like the, the combination of very blended and variety of, of paint colors and, and, and techniques and applications mixed with very specific and detailed line work helps to really provide a, a, a very interesting position and, and some balance there. So there are some non-traditional color uses uh, for the highlighting and I've got you know black but I've also got some some blues and golds and silvers and it's just very very kind of all over the place and so it's it's very much a, an expressionistic almost abstract kind of kind of look to it but also kind of comicish comic bookish and and yeah um, along the lines of stenciling, I have some some wooden cutout jack-o'-lanterns that I, I kind of use all the way up the, the entire right side of the piece. And as you look closer, you can really only see a, a couple of them. And then, then as you kind of continue and know what you're looking for, then you can kind of see a couple others that fade in and uh, you can really faintly see that they're there. But again, it was just like some a pack of, I don't know, six or eight wooden cutouts and you, I just lined them up, blasted them with some spray paint, kind of shift them ever so slightly and then blast them again. And that provides somewhat of a shadow effect and gives a little dimension too. So most of the time, whenever I do anything with stencil work, I'll do multiple layers of it. So it really helps to, to pop. Uh, along the very top, I used the another stencil, but I used it three times and partially because this is such a, a huge piece that I used the famous Monsters of Filmland magazine logo of just the word monsters. And I really, it's such an iconic um, type of font, especially for monster nerds and, and monster kids that really enjoy the, the publication. But it's it, it's been influenced and, and used by bands like the Misfits. Misfits use this very exact style to, to create their own name logo. And so I've used it several times. I did a whole huge number of pieces that were all influenced by 
monster magazines, not only famous monsters, but creepy, eerie, Fangoria. And I've used all Tales from the Crypt, all these different types of styles uh, of, of um, stencils of these titles to make pieces that resemble old monster magazines. And, and once I can pull some of those out of storage, I'll definitely be excited to, to put those on the show and talk about them. But because this piece is so big, I actually... I used the, the stencil three times and I've got two in each of the upper or one in each upper corner and then one right in the middle, kind of slightly below them. And the top two have originally like a, a white uh, base layer then shifted slightly and, and you've got reds. And what's cool about the one on the right is that the red kind of splatters a little. So it's it, it just like the way the paint landed, it was, it was just, it's money. And then same thing with the, the other side, it's white with red on top. And then the, the one in the middle is black foundation with red on top. And then I used, and then I used the wire brush again and kind of just dragged it down, just straight down. And you can see that as I'm, as I'm talking through the piece and going from, you know, area to area, you can see where in the beginning, I used the wire brush and it's kind of like an arch. There's almost like a curved uh, pattern over the skull, which follows like the shape of the head. And then with the, the famous monsters stencil work, it goes straight down. And so kind of talking through it, looking through it, you can see that the differences of the patterns. And so I used, instead of the term famous monsters of film land, Instead of using the word famous and of Filmland, I used above the the top one from you know reading it as I look at it from from left to right. It's notorious monsters, exalted monsters, illustrious monsters, and then I wrote of Earth underneath the middle piece. And so, as the title is written, it reads as just one word monster, but three different descriptors. So I have notorious, exalted, illustrious monsters of earth. Do with it what you will. Um, I wrote the, the descriptors in Sharpie and each one of them is layered pretty significantly. There's at least two or three different colors in each one written with black Sharpie over top with, with blue paint marker, with red paint marker. And and they, and they pop, and then there's dots all around them. Now, uh, shifting to kind of the middle, but off to the left ever so slightly, I have just a random garden gnome. <laughs> no rhyme or reason. I just, I, I don't know, I just I put him there. And he's up to no good. He's got some, uh, he's got some shenanigans in, up his sleeve because he's got, a, got his arm behind his back, and he's holding an axe. So look out, man! Look out for that little gnome because I don't know he might he might get your Achilles if you're not paying attention as you're gardening. But um, he's a shady character. Uh, along the very right hand edge, like right on the edge, in black bold sharpie, fair, uh, fairly thick. I wrote every day is Halloween. And you've heard me say that a million times. I think I say it in every episode uh, because every day is Halloween. When you're a Halloween enthusiast, we love Halloween all the time. We just go a little extra crazy in October. However, when it comes to this piece specifically, 
you can take it as, okay, well, there's some obvious images here. There's the, the jack-o'-lanterns, there's zombies, you know, there's the skull, all these different symbolic, symbolic uh, representations of the holiday. But then you've also got, like I said, kind of some deeper and more specific type themes going on here. And um, you can you can apply that expression as you see fit. Lastly on here, uh, and this is, I think was a little foreshadowing to me because I didn't necessarily expect it to go the way that it did. But now as I'm talking about this piece and now that I'm reflecting on it and looking at it closer, uh, the last piece that kind of stands out to me and what I mean by foreshadowing is that I used a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest beer bottle label uh, in the bottom, almost, almost right-hand corner. And it's not uncommon for me to have used beer bottle labels, especially stuff that really I enjoy, not only enjoyed past tense um, as among my favorite beers, but also just because they connect to a season. And when I say Oktoberfest is my favorite beer of all time, specifically Samuel Adams Oktoberfest, it's tied to a memory. And I once uh, attended a, an Oktoberfest celebration with my family when I was in college uh, of a place that my dad had once worked. And it was such a tremendous experience because it was just a perfect day. It was cold, crisp, beautiful autumn. It was this huge carnival type setting for uh, a company picnic, but it was just, um, just perfect. It had rides for kids. It had games. It had these giant food tents with all this like authentic German food with brats and peppers and onions and the potatoes and the cabbage. It was just phenomenal. And they had a beer truck there and they had Sam Adams beer truck. And it was the first time I'd ever had Oktoberfest. And the day was just so great. Um, even though I, I really enjoyed the beer itself, I enjoyed the experience more. And so I think like year after year, I would get so excited because every time I took that first sip of Sam's, I relived that moment and it was such a great day for me. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was tremendous. And, you know, every year I would get excited around this time of year, if not sooner, because I think I said I finished this on 18 August. Usually it's kind of like within the first week or so of August, you'd see that bright orange and blue on shelves and in displays of grocery stores and, and beer short stores of, of Oktoberfest hitting the shelves. And I'd get so excited about it. Um, so I, I use this one last time. This was the last time I've used a, a beer label in a piece. And it's very subtle. Like if you look at it, you can see it there, but I, I fixed it to the piece and I have used like a black, uh, kind of just a, a light covering around it. It's almost like it's, it's surrounded by like a, a ring that's just kind of faded in and it literally fades to black. Like it's like, the black is kind of just encompassing the label and it's just very much closing in on it. And to me, not knowing at the time when I made this that 
it wouldn't be long. It would be actually, it would be exactly one month later that I would take my last drink. Uh, I didn't realize that when I was doing this, but I, but there it is. And, and so I look at it as kind of that, uh, I guess that message to myself that, uh, that my, my drinking was literally fading to black. It was, it was, it was, that was it. That was the last time that I've used that. And the last time I ever will, uh, use that in any work because, um, it's not who I am anymore. And even though I still am very fond of that memory and even just talking about it, I can taste, I can taste it right now. I can taste Oktoberfest and it's delicious. Um, but I will never have another drop of beer or alcohol again. And so I don't want to end on a down note and it's, it's a good thing. Um, I can still have a memory and actually remember it and, uh, and hopefully, you know, being able to look at this, you know, I, I've taken a while to talk about this piece and I'm not sure what took me so long to get there, but I, I just did. And, um, looking back, I realized the range of emotion that I was dealing with and just working through some plenty of different things. It's, it was a very complicated period of my life that, um, I had this piece to work on and work through and didn't necessarily know at the time, but looking back on it now and kind of just seeing through different, uh, different periods, I, I realized that this was, it's, it's a lot deeper than, um, what it appears at, at face value. So, um, I can tell you that I, I don't really remember the music that I was listening to at the time, although I'm sure I was, um, my drinking was actually pretty significant. Uh, even though, um, it was, I still remember how I felt as I worked through this piece. And so, um, yeah, there it is. Uh, thanks for listening. This is a kind of a lengthy one, one take track. And, um, hmm. Hey, Marley mates. What's that you ask? Where can I get my official Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch? Well, I'll tell you. Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and you can find a whole plethora of different things. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. So you can rock out with your gear on. What did you think I was going to say? Go on over, show some love, and uh, sport your podcast gear like a boss. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone 
ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.